Welcome to Almanac. I'm Emily Thompson, and today we're exploring the concept and practice of curating your life. Hello, and welcome back. After last week's dive into the energies of winter, I hope that you have had the chance to downshift a little bit to soften into a bit more of what this season is all about. I personally spent lots of time over the past week reading and doing a puzzle, and I cooked one of my very favorite cold weather foods, a white chicken chili that, as usual, was absolutely delicious. My partner David and I even tried out a local spot this weekend that we hadn't been to yet, and I ordered a hot toddy that just really hit the spot and was just a little reminder that there's something to find to enjoy in each season, no matter when and where you are. I'll also be quite candid and say that I feel spring. I do. Here in Chattanooga, I think we experience the seasons a little bit earlier than a lot of people do. And so even though it is technically the middle to late of January, spring is starting to peak out just a little bit. The grass is a little bit greener. The birds are a little bit noisier. And I'm feeling spring is on its way. I'm not going to lie. I'm pretty excited about it, though I'm still obviously making some choices to help me really enjoy what's left of winter. Now, in today's episode, I want to share another of the sort of overarching topics that will be an ongoing foundation of this show and is at the core of both who I am and why opening a shop filled with beautiful things is part of my journey and part of what I want to bring to you. I'll start with a little story. When I was in college, on my path to becoming a geographer, which is a person who just studies the earth, I had a long affair with art history, which is the study of art throughout history. Now, I want to be clear, I didn't study art. I'm not an artist. I do have a lot of little creative skills in my tool belt, but this wasn't about practical application of making art. It was about a strong appreciation for art and those who make it. I am a sucker for beautiful things. I loved this coursework so much that I was only a couple of courses away from double majoring, but along the way, I knew that I would never focus on art history. I just wanted to enjoy it, so I did what I wanted and let that be that. The art, the inspiration, the scandals, and the intrigue, I loved it, and I still love it to this day. While studying, there was a brief moment when I thought I wanted to be a museum curator. It was a dream of becoming the curator of the Louvre. Because why not? I still admire my younger self for that big dream. But even though it was obviously a fleeting dream, I also admire my younger self for tapping into something so early that was such an important part of who I am. I'm a natural curator. I always have been. And I didn't gain an understanding of that appreciation and drive to curate until several years later, but whether I realized it or not, I've always studied curation. I have always appreciated a good outfit and tried to understand the elements that make an outfit good. I have always paid close attention to a great room or a piece of furniture. I will fall madly in love with a well-put-together menu. I know art when I see it, I appreciate the effort that goes into it, and I can, sometimes, and in some mediums, do it myself. I see curation as a kind of art form in itself. And in fact, I think we're all curators of a sort. 
And today, I want to dive into our abilities and perhaps responsibilities to do just that. I'll begin with a little etymology, which is another of what I'm realizing may be my many interests. (laughs) The term curate comes from a Latin word meaning to care. The word dates back to ancient times, and the concept of a curator was someone entrusted with the care and management of a collection, often in the context of a museum or a library. So, in a sense, to curate is to care. It's to care about what is surrounding you, what you let into your life, what you wear, what you eat, what you read before going to bed at night. Thinking of myself as playing the role of a curator in the many aspects of my life, I feel it does encapsulate the responsibility and dedication that I often feel to tend to areas of my life to make them feel like reflections of me and to help me feel good or ready to conquer my day, whether that's a big day at work or a cozy day on my couch with a good book. And though that's a relatively passive take on the act of curation, it is a tradition with a rich history that I simply bring into my everyday life. For millennia, curators have curated. In the ancient world, from Mesopotamia to Egypt, there were numerous, often renowned curated collections. Temples and palaces housed carefully selected artifacts, serving not just as repositories, but as curated expressions of power, religion, and cultural identity. Fast forward to ancient Greece, and the birth of museums occurred. The term museum comes from a Greek word which refers to a place of the muses, the goddesses of inspiration, art, and science. These early museums curated not only art, but also knowledge, setting the stage for the multifaceted role of curators. The medieval era is often overlooked in discussions about curation, but the role of curator simply shifted to monasteries. These repositories of knowledge during this time played a crucial role in preserving and curating manuscripts, becoming hubs of intellectual curation. Moving into the Renaissance, there was a resurgence of interest in classical antiquity. Wealthy patrons like the Medici, while influential curators, were part of a broader historical tradition where curation evolved as a response to the changing cultural landscape. The Enlightenment era further transformed curation. Literal cabinets of curiosities emerged as eclectic collections showcasing the wonders of the natural and artistic world. Keeping one of these cabinets was a personal endeavor, reflecting the curator's curiosity and desire to inspire others. As we approach the Industrial Revolution, the landscape of curation expands. Public museums and galleries become more accessible and commonplace, making curated collections available to the wider population of regular folks. Over time, curators became not only gatherers and custodians of art, but educators with the ability to shape public perception and understanding of culture, history, and more. So the history of curation is woven across civilizations and centuries, from ancient collections expressing power to medieval preservation to patronage, self-expression, and finally, modern accessibility. There is obviously a human drive to curate, but why? 
At its core, the drive to curate is linked to our cognitive and emotional evolution. One of the fundamental reasons we curate lies in our quest for meaning and identity. Curating allows us to shape narratives about who we are, where we come from, and what we value. An illustration of this is seen easily in the ancient world, where our ancestors curated objects and artifacts that held spiritual significance. These curated collections weren't just material possessions, they were embodiments of beliefs, rituals, and a connection to the divine. Fast forward to today, and our curated lives, whether it's our social media profiles or personal spaces, reflect a desire for self-expression and a curated identity. We meticulously choose what to showcase, creating a curated version of ourselves for the world to see or for us to personally enjoy. For most of us, we may think of our wardrobe in this case. If you've thoughtfully curated your wardrobe to any degree, you understand that you have chosen pieces for your collection that help you express to others who you most want to be. A leather jacket tells a story of how you want to be perceived, as does that well-worn band t-shirt. If you choose it on purpose, you've curated. In the store, I think of our collection of enamel pins, which are incredibly popular with our customers, in particular, customers who are already flaunting their collection of flair on their bags or denim jackets. Each person has thoughtfully curated this personal collection of pins, buttons, and patches, and it's always a delight to me when we get to be a part of adding to their showcase of self-expression. The act of curating is also an exercise in control and order. In a world that can often seem chaotic, curating allows us to impose structure and meaning on our surroundings. It's a way of asserting agency over our environment and influencing how we perceive the world. In my personal spaces, my goal is to create a sanctuary, because when life feels chaotic and when doesn't it these days, I know that I can go home and my living room with its velvet couch and fluffy rugs and jungle of plants will help me feel cozy and calm. Likewise, if you're a gardener on any scale, from partnering with a single succulent to tending to a vast plot of land, you're a curator. You are collaborating with nature, attempting to bring order to the chaos of the natural world, to have these plants be a part of your life and to grow something. Your choices as to what you tend to or take away are an act of curation. Curation also serves as a form of keeping memories. Throughout history, humans have curated to ensure that we keep knowledge, that we pass down stories, traditions, and insights to future generations. It's a way of leaving a lasting imprint on the tapestry of human history. My version of this is the art I keep on my walls, a collection of photos and works that I've picked up on my travels or in particular moments of my life. I can reference them whenever I want to remember that trip to Charleston or that hike in Yellowstone, and someday I'll pass them down or on to someone else to enjoy. I also think of this podcast as if I'm a curator. Sure, I'm writing and speaking and my team is editing and publishing, but the topics I share here are a careful curation of the ideas I want to share with you in the right order at the right time. Additionally, the act of curating is inherently linked to our curiosity and the pursuit of knowledge. Whether it's a personal collection of books or art or artifacts or a curated digital space, the desire to learn and explore is a driving force behind our curation endeavors. 
do we even need to talk about my books? Because I think that my referencing of books or reading could possibly be our next drinking game. I certainly believe that my collection of books will show you exactly what I'm interested in and give you an insight into the kinds of knowledge I want to cultivate, from business to geography, herbalism to obviously crystals. I certainly have curated a collection of works that reflects my curiosity and serves to fuel whatever it is that I create next. In essence, the human drive to curate is a complex interplay of identity, control, memory, and curiosity. It's a testament to our innate need to create meaning and order in a world that is ever-evolving and to work with whatever is at our disposal to curate and express ourselves. In the past, some forms of curating were seen as a sacred duty, where the curator becomes the guardian of knowledge, art, or artifacts. Whether it is a library, a museum, or a collection of cultural treasures, the curator's role goes beyond mere gathering and preserving. It's about nurturing the spirit of what they curate. And so, curating is really cool. And it's not just for kings or monks or rich people or weirdos. It's for all of us, and we're all doing it to some extent. I have personally really taken a hold of this role in my life. I want to be surrounded by beautiful things that make me feel good, that have meaning, that help me express who I am. And it's not about breaking the bank or living outside of your means. It's just about caring. It's about editing. It's about removing what doesn't serve you and cultivating and collecting more of what does. And it's not about maximalism either, or minimalism for that matter. It's about it being right for you, whatever your preferences may be. And this all resonates with me so much that I have turned it into my work. At Almanac, I see my primary role as head curator. Yes, there's this podcast, but as a buyer, I am carefully curating the collection of products that make up my store. From the selection of stones to our line of candles or books and apparel, I'm here to curate. It may not be the Louvre, but I get to play with rocks all day, so I'd argue that maybe it's better. And I do it to make it easier for our customers to more easily curate their lives as well, because I know that this isn't a skill that comes easily for everyone. So why do we do it? Because I think I'm good at it. (laughs) And I think it's important that we all care about what's in our lives, which is why I'm sharing all of this with you here in this way. And so I'll wrap up this episode with a little homework for you. Think about what in your life needs a bit of curation. Maybe there's something or someone you need to edit out. Drop off that bag of donations. Toss that dead plant. Or maybe there's something you need to add to your life. A healthy new habit, a lunch date with a friend, a bright new replacement for that dead plant. Or if plants obviously aren't your forte, may I suggest you replace it with a shiny new crystal. You don't have to remember to water those. Whatever it may be, engage in the act of mindful curation in your life in some small way and feel your life get better because of it, because that's the power that curation has in your life. Now, I'm off to work on one of our usual winter projects here at Almanac, our website audit. Every year at this time, we do a deep review and cleaning of our website and online store. We click all the links, we read all the FAQs, and just try to spruce everything up for the year ahead while the physical store is about the quietest it will be all year. It's a bit like a re-curation 
of our online home. It's the big task that we have to get out of the way before we can dive into all the other fun new things that we have planned for the year, because that's the stuff I'm most excited to dive in on. I hope you are also making some time and space to do whatever deep inner or behind the scenes work you need to do because tis the season and hopefully you're also staying cozy while you're at it. And if you'd like more support in making it through winter, hop over to our website at almanacsupplyco.com and join our email list where we're sending out articles and goodies that will help you through. Now, until next time, embrace the season you're in. Cheers. Cheers.